Welcome to Your Mental Breakdown, the podcast where you get to follow along with the client in real therapy sessions. And you'll hear two licensed psychotherapists, that's me and Meredith, breaking it down afterwards, so you get a better understanding of what we do and how we do it. This week, Meredith and I monkey around a bunch, and you'll hear us pull some classic movie references from our youth. Man, we are old. In the session, Drew continues to process his recent breakup as we move through different stages of grief and loss. In the breakdown, Meredith and I look at perspective shifts that we often go through in relationships where some parts feel good and some parts don't. Stick around. I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast. Hey. Hey, hey. Hi, Doug. We're the monkeys. Sure are. People say we monkey around. Good damn. What's the next sentence? But they're too busy singing. Put anybody down. To put anybody down. down. Okay. Yep. I always thought that the monkeys, like all watching all that kind of TV in my early days was a blur. I remember watching Benny Hill. That was like the British, like a little like. <laughs> like porn? Yeah, I was just going to say it was like a, yeah, a little boy, British porn. like A little risque. Really get much. Yeah. Yeah, a little risque. That's a better word than it, than porn. But the monkeys, I thought was just a spoof on the Beatles. Like I thought it was just like, oh, that's just a British joke for the Beatles. Is it not? Uh, sort of, but the Beatles are also British. It wasn't like. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a spoof. Yeah. A version of it. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I was young. I didn't really know much. Yeah. Now I'm old and don't really know much. Now it's so different. <laughs> so how have you been? I've been just fine, you know, somewhere between fair and fine. Okay. I think we're, we're getting around there. Mm-hmm. I'm a little almost worried that I'm getting used to being at home so much. Amen. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. And the thought of like being back in an office, of doing regular things, of taking a shower every day. Shit. That's still not necessary, my friend. <laughs> Don't get crazy. <laughs> yeah. We call that overkill. I call it cleanliness. Yeah, here, yeah. Meh. Do mm. you make your bed every day? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Doug and I were just discussing. I'm very anal about my bed. I love having a perfectly made bed. But I'm not even like perfect at making it. I mean, what is perfect? Hotels are perfect. Bouncing a quarter. Bouncing yeah. a quarter off the off the sheets. It's too fluffy. I love my fluffy king size bed. I'm not gonna lie. You have a pillow top? Yeah. Oh, I have a pillow top. Mm-hmm. I have everything. Okay. I have I have <laughs> a, I have a ton of allergies. I'm like one of those kids. So everything is zipped in. My mattress is zipped in allergy proof. And then I have the sheets and all my pillows are zipped in allergy proof. And then my duvet is zipped in an allergy proof with wow. like a duvet cover. No, no bed bugs getting in there. Fuck bed bugs. Hell no. I've had bed bugs. Oh, I am so sorry. I think. I think I was at an apartment. How do you, you think? Yeah, I, <laughs> I called an exterminator to look at stuff and, and he looked at it and he didn't know what it was. And I captured some and they weren't bed bugs. Like, okay. But they were coming over from the neighbor's place to my place. But then something was like eating me up in my bed and 
my friend Nathaniel was over and he stayed over for a few days and he was feeling something. And we thought, oh man, the same guy I used to go to Vegas with. It was not the Vegas trip with the uh, bloody hotel sheets. But Blood, yeah. <laughs> like, did we bring something back from Vegas? Could that have happened? And I like threw out so much stuff, dry cleaned everything, like washed everything in super hot and it went away. And then a year later, it came back and it turns out it was the neighbors that had it, but it wasn't even bed bugs. It was some mysterious like insect. So this all started with you saying that you had bed bugs when in fact you did not. They, no, I did. I had bugs in my bed. How's that? Sure. Fair enough. So they were bed bugs. <laughs> I thought I had bed bugs once. I convinced myself and I, I literally melted down. This was only a few years ago, but I melted down because I know what can happen. Literally? literally melted down. I was in a puddle on the floor. <laughs> I was like in my head already burning my mattress, already buying all new furniture, already right. taking everything I owned to the dry cleaner. I captured one and I took it to the, I drove to the exterminators oh, in Santa yeah. Monica. Yeah. And I took it there and he was like, it's a baby cockroach. And I never Whoa. thought that I would feel Whoa. so relieved in my life. Because cockroach, fine. Those are easy to get rid of. You don't have to burn everything. You don't have, I was like, great. Who cares? It's a fuck. Ugh. I never thought I'd feel like that about a cockroach. I'll take cockroaches any day over bed bugs, but also knock on wood right now. <laughs> <laughs> cockroaches neither of those come into my life. Definitely freak me out. I get the heebie-jeebies. And I remember oh, yeah. my early days when my wife and I were first dating, she was over and <laughs> a cockroach from the bathroom flew and hit her, <laughs> like flew into her from the bathroom. I didn't even know cockroaches could fly. Can all of them fly? I don't know. I have no idea. Fact checker, get on that, please. Right? <laughs> but it was, I mean, just a cockroach in your place when you have somebody over in the early days is kind of gnarly mm. and embarrassing. No. Nope. This was, I mean, it doesn't get much worse. And Again, nope. I was not very macho about it because they give me the heebie-jeebies. So I, I did not, you, you know. You screamed like a little child. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but it all worked out. Sure did. At least it wasn't bed bugs. Oh, God. Blech, blech. Just flying cockroaches. Nothing wrong with that. Doug, why do you keep putting your sun, your glasses on and off? You know, so I've, I've got the, I'm wearing you guys on the podcast can't see this <laughs> clearly <laughs> <laughs> i've got my blue blocker glasses for the computer but right. i'm like looking at you so i'm not really looking at anything so i'm like well do i need them but i get so accustomed to wearing them did you just call me nothing <laughs> thanks doug i'm not looking at anything just you <laughs> no no right. see just the opposite meredith because you're so radiant i can see oh. you glowing so much with effervescent light so i don't really need blue blockers i want to capture your full radiance with my naked eyes what's that from what is that from effervescence the effer effer it's a movie my sister and i were talking about two movies the other night three movies because it didn't turn out to be from anything so back in bowl do you know what that's from oh yeah absolutely all of me with <gasps> steve martin and edwina Tom. Back and bull. How did you With fucking? Edwina? Back and bull. Back and bull. Back and bull. Back and bull. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Man, Steve Martin was so great. 
playing a character that was himself and possessed by Willie Tomlin. I cannot believe that you knew that. Fuck yeah. Oh my God. I said it and then, and then, I don't know, somehow I was like, Golden Child, and then I remembered that's I I, I, I want I, the knife. I, I want the knife, <laughs> please. <laughs> oh yeah, come on. And then my sister was like, "No, coming to America." And I was like, first of all, we need to stop naming Eddie Murphy movies." And then she looked it up, and we were like, "Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin, same thing." And then <laughs> we went on oh, to the fact that. Coming to America 2 is coming out, I believe it was August 5th, 2020, or oh, August wow. something. Really? Yep. With Bring Eddie and Arsenio on. back together again? Yep. Oh, man. Love that. The royal penis is clean. <laughs> Wipers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, loved that movie. Yeah, that was great. New York. I love New York. <laughs> Fuck you. Yes. Fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love that we're the same age. Half the people or more listening are going to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? You know, what's cool though is yes, we're old. And a lot of the movies we grew up with and recall so fondly clearly are dated, but we're getting to the point where the younger generation is starting to discover some of these older movies, right? For sure. In fact, I mean, our audience might be the millennials that don't know these movies because they're like that awkward in between age, but younger than them, younger than yeah. would need to listen to this podcast or want to, <laughs> are the ones that are seeing some of these movies for the first time. Like I, I remember talking to a colleague of mine a few years ago and her daughter was like quoting Caddyshack. Her daughter was like 15 maybe, but like quoting Amazing. all of these yeah. movies and like loving them, yeah. right? Fantastic. I'm all for that. Speaking of quoting movies. Speaking of all for them. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys, <laughs> Meredith and I always look for what's the segue to the session. So we'll hit something. And when we feel like it's about that time, it's speaking of, and it's usually nothing to do <laughs> with the session. Nope. It's just when we feel like making the segue. So yeah, what do we have coming up? We have a session. We have a session. We're smack dab in the middle of helping Drew process the breakup that he went through. If you have not been listening, then spoiler it's just, alert, they broke up. <laughs> they broke up. And, you know, he's just kind of going through the stages and going through the emotions and allowing it in. And you will hear some of what he allows in and some of what comes out in the session coming up. We'll be right back. Stick around. Every day is getting better, but uh, it's the fucking mornings now. Yeah, how so? I still feel like that anxiety feeling mm -hmm. like in my gut, but it's not It's not to the point where it's like crippling, you know, okay. which, which is a, a step in the right direction, I think. Sure. Um, I think when we talked on Saturday, I was at like a full 10, and like sitting yeah. here right now, I'm at like a four or a five. It's still there, but it's not, it's not as bad right now. Yeah, not um, condition critical, like, oh shit, it's... It's here, it's in the background, maybe the middle. Yeah. And it'll spike to the forefront in the morning. What, what are mornings for you? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's when I first wake up. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest part because it's uh, every memory I have for like the last year is waking up next to her. And so like it's that mm. waking up alone, I think is the hard part and coming more to the realization that that is reality. And now my mindset's like, I don't really want to talk to her. 
you know, it's like, um, I mean, you said it best. I would go into my angry stage. And I think that's kind of where I'm at, like sitting here right now. Yeah. It's just kind of like a fuck you. Like, you're going to do this to me. Like, fuck out of my life. Totally. And, um, you know, I, I've been on the phone a lot with friends, family, stuff like that, which has been really, really nice. Like, just the support, mm. the, the outpouring of support's been exactly what I needed. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about our relationship and kind of like where I was at and where she was at. And, and I, honestly, I think I was really blinded by like the thought of what it was without looking at what it really was. It's crying mm. and laughing and talking and experiencing and, and stuff like that. But I've come to realize that like it wasn't a healthy relationship like mm. at all. How so? I think first and foremost, the hiding factor, you know, was a huge, like, I mean, I knew that was a red flag. I just didn't want to know it was a red flag. And I think now kind of like beyond this side of things, I can look back and be like, that's not what I want in a relationship. Right. I do not want somebody that's going to hide me. I don't want somebody that's going to go out without me. I definitely want room for that space for a girl in my life to be able to have freedom to go out and, and have fun, you know, without like without being tethered to me. I lost a lot of self-confidence in this mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was because she meant to do it. I've also realized that like I was trying to change it. And, mm. and I was really trying to make her what I thought was her best self. But it was really, uh, it was just me trying to change it. Yeah. And what's really confusing in relationships and really fucks us up is that the other person will change to a degree. And then we think, oh, they're changing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What we often don't do is just accept them as they are and allow them to be as they are and coexist, right? right? When we want reality to be different than it is, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's a concept in psychology, radical acceptance, right? right? It's about, can I accept the reality as it is without trying to change it? Even though I don't like it, I don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. It is, Mm -hmm. I don't have control over that. I can't, I can't impose my will Mm -hmm. on reality and have it be different. Right. You know, reality, unlike a girlfriend, yeah. is not going to change a little bit for us. Yeah. Our perspective of it will. Right. Yeah. And you've already, in the time I've known you, shifted your perspective a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's shifting more and more. But you've said words to me that matter a lot to you as an individual, like loyalty, trust, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are big things for you. Right. Right. Some of that, not all of it, mm-hmm. wasn't there in your relationship. I would say the majority wasn't there. Yeah. And it's something that you value. Mm-hmm. And in this stage of grief and loss that you're in, which you are, mm-hmm. yeah, you can absolutely get angry. That's fine. That's part of this phase. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's where I'm at. You know, it's uh, it's like half of me wants the best for her, you know, but the other half wants her to hurt like I'm hurting, mm-hmm. you know, but I've also realized that like she doesn't even know how I'm hurting. It's, it's not that she doesn't like me. You know, it's not that I did anything wrong here. It's just that it's not right now. And it, I don't even think it's a it's an ever thing. I think the other big thing is I was losing my faith. And I, I was losing going to church and, and building that foundation in my life, which I, I again, it's a huge like pillar for me, mm-hmm. like huge for me. And like I know God's putting on my heart that like this is like a good thing. I'm trying, I'm trying to see that and I'm trying to oh. it's an overwhelming feeling. It's, it's just a way of saying that I will be okay. And knowing that, it's like a deep down, like in my soul kind of feeling, which is tough because like my brain doesn't feel that way. But your brain's still fighting reality. Your brain wants things to be different. There's not a reason for things happening, but we can make reason from things happening. Mm -hmm. 
because reality is reality. We can't change it. Mm-hmm. And you can make sense from things right. and go, okay, this happened. Mm-hmm. Now I'm freed up. Now I can find somebody who shares that trust and loyalty and vulnerability with me. Maybe this is a freedom, a true independence. Yeah. And we'll see what that's like. And making meaning from something happening, not for it happening. Right. Because that's where we get in trouble mm-hmm. and we go, man, I should have done this or I should have done that. Yeah. If I was only, and you even said this last week, if I was only less vulnerable with her, then it would have been fine. And we're going to find fault in ourselves in that. Yeah. I did something wrong. There's something wrong with me, right? Yeah. And, and I don't know. I think it's like a, maybe it's part of the process, but I'm finding also that I don't want to say I'm blaming her. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but I'm being more realistic on on how um, how much this isn't my fault. Like all the way to the point of like when we go out to dinner, she'd be on her phone. You know, like it's little stuff, but it means the most to me. She treated me like shit, but it, it was the fact that there was like, like if you put in like a hundred percentile, 90% of it was shit, but that 10% that she actually did give me, that's what I looked at. And so it's like, she would treat me like shit. She'd go out, she'd go party, she'd do all this stuff, but she'd come in bed and like grab my hand. And so like, to me, that was like, oh, everything's fine. But ev- right. like everything wasn't fine. It's just that little piece right. that I found um, comfort in. Sure, absolutely. That made everything else kind of okay. Right. And now I'm realizing like, I don't want to go on a date with somebody that's just sitting on their phone. And again, I'm not saying that she needs to buy me like crazy gifts or anything, but she didn't buy me anything for my birthday. She didn't give me anything for Christmas. Hmm. I don't think she's ever even given me anything, you know? And like, it's stuff like that that I'm realizing now. Everything kind of combined, like I'm, I'm taking a really big step back and I'm realizing like, this is God grabbing me out of the situation and really saving me from it hmm. versus her walking out of my life. I think through all of this too, like I'm finding that uh, I wasn't being true to myself either. You know, for like the last year of my life, like I started forgetting about where I came from. You know, I was so wrapped up in where I was going, who I was going with. Right. You know, the the lifestyle change of being by myself and then all of a sudden kind of having somebody in my life that I thought cared about me. You know, and, and not that she didn't to a certain degree, but not nearly to the way she portrayed it. And not nearly to the way that you actually felt it. Exactly. She posted um, basically just like a regular picture of herself. And she said, moving to New York, never coming back. And I thought about it. And I was like, I hope you do. I'm honestly feeling like I thought this was going to trigger me in a way where like, oh, I'm devastated. I just didn't really care. Hmm. You know, and like, I think that also has to do with my anger stage of things. Because I, I flip back and forth. Of, sure of devastation, of of why am I so alone? Why is this so scary? Like, this sucks. And then, like, an hour later, I'll be like, no, nah, like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. You know, and so I'm, I'm back and forth, back and forth, and every day is getting kind of better. I went and saw a friend on mm-hmm. Saturday because I sent him a text, you know, in, like, a full vulnerable state, like, crying, like, hey, man, like, I don't know if I'm overstepping, our like, our relationship boundaries by telling you this. And, like, I'm sorry if I am. And, like, don't feel like you have to hit me back. But, like, I'm struggling. And, like, I'm going through this shit right now. And, you know, and he instantly called me from a different number. And he was like, dude, like, he was like, you're never overstepping boundaries. Like, I'm always here for you. Like, I got you, you know? Hmm. And so he's like, what are you doing tomorrow night? And I was like, nothing. Just, like, sitting. And he was like, come through. And we we're sitting on, uh, like, a, a, a bus bench. 
Mm-hmm. And we're just sitting there and he puts his arm around me and he was like, dude, fuck that bitch. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, dude, fuck that bitch. Right. That's the hard part for me. It's like, I don't know why it happened. And I don't know why I feel so stupid for not seeing everything that happened. And I think that's where my heart is right now. It's like, I feel stupid. I feel like I got played. I feel like, you know, I gave her everything and I got a little back and, and I settled for that. Hmm. And that's where I'm upset. I'm upset with myself more than anything at this point, I think, Hmm. because I don't ever let people like that get to me like this, you know, in in a complete devastation, can't get out of bed, can't eat, can't do anything. You know, I've I've never been like this, you know, and like even even when like my mom was going through her shit, you know, like that was that was worse, like worse. But I handled it a lot better. Mm hmm. I'm handling it now. So, you know, I kind of masked it a but lot you're better. Processing it now. You yeah. did. I mean, air quoting. I handled it better. Yeah. You, you did because you had your defense mechanisms come out right. and save you. Right. They needed to. Yeah. You know, if you told me like, yeah, after my mom, I was, you know, I was in bed, didn't talk to anybody for six months. You know, I was smoking weed all the time. You're like, yeah, those were your defense mechanisms protecting you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now you're at a stage in your life where you're going, no, I've been vulnerable. I can walk through this. Yeah. I can look at this and actually process what I'm going through. Right. I can allow myself to feel angry mm-hmm. and hear my buddy go, fuck that bitch. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah move to New York and don't come back. Fuck you. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I can find like that 10% of her that gave me what I wanted. That was amazing. That held my hand and go, yeah. And that was amazing too. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's all of those. It's not either or. Right. And you're experiencing all these emotions and letting all these emotions out. And that is how we process a lot of times. Yeah. It's not just picking the one thing, the stages of, of grief. There used to be five. I think now they've expanded to seven and there's more names for it. It mm-hmm. sounds really good, but it used to just be denial, like mm-hmm. believing it's not true, bargaining, trying to make it like, well, maybe if I do, and that's what you were doing when you, you were yeah. saying to me last week, well, I'm going to see her on Saturday. If I can just make it through to Saturday yeah. and then, then I can do that's bargaining. It's yep. trying to make reality different. Yep. Right. Yeah. There's anger. Yep. We know what that sounds like. Yeah. There's divorce. And that's, fuck you, move to New York. I'm going to go do this over here. I'm doing my own thing. Whatever it is, it's just separating yourself from the situation. Yeah. And then there's acceptance. Yeah. We just kind of go, yeah, this is reality. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. It takes us a while to get there. But these phases, stages of grief, it's not linear. You don't pass through them. It's not like, okay, I'm out of the anger phase and now yeah. I'm in this phase. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Right. It's going to spill into all this stuff. A week or two from now, a friend might go, yeah, fuck that bitch. How's that bitch doing? And you'll yeah. go, dude, don't call her a bitch. Yeah. She's all right. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, yeah. I thought we were, oh, oh, we're not still mad at her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm really proud of how you're doing this because it takes tremendous courage mm-hmm. to go through this in a vulnerable, honest way, which you are. You know, you're allowing all these emotions and feelings to come up. You're allowing all this right. to come through. And that's, Amazing, man. Yeah, and it's the first time in my life I've ever done that, you know, to, like, wholeheartedly be like, okay, this sucks. We're going to get through it. And, uh, like, I'm going to get through it and being confident in that. And now I get to start learning and I get to start, like, figuring out how this made me stronger and Mm -hmm. why it made me stronger. Mm -hmm. I think every day is still a struggle. You know, like, I'm going to go over to her house tonight to grab all my, like, the rest of my stuff. And and she's not there, you know, which is fine. But I think that's like another like thing kind of like over my head. Sure. That I know I have to go back there. Yeah. And once I, I, I hope once I get that out of the way, I never, I, I don't have to go back there. 
I can want to go back there. It can be my choice to go back there, but I don't have to. And that's a good feeling too. You know, knowing that I don't ever have to go back there, finding a lot of like safety in that and understanding that that place for me is dark and there's so much hurt and there's so much um, just stuff that never got talked about, you know, between me and her. And the other part I'm struggling with is like, I just want so bad for her to see how devastating friend is to her life. And like, it's not my, it's not my problem. It's not my, like, it's not on me. It's just, I want so bad for her to realize that. So that maybe she can start healing whatever she needs to heal, but she's just blocking it right now. Yeah, and that's her path. Yeah. I think I hear part of that as that's her path, and I just care for her as a human being would like to see her go through that path. You're trying to make sense of something that can make sense, but is ultimately out of our control, and it just is. Yeah. Can't make sense of where she is in her process and her stage of whatever she's going through in life or this breakup yeah it just is yeah and the awareness that we'll get that's what you know i think god's hand in this is for you mm-hmm. is you know tapping you on the shoulder going hey hey wake up wake up this isn't this isn't how i intend you to be treated yeah yeah and that's the other thing too you know i think uh, i was doing myself dirty by being okay with how she treated me you know i think that was a huge explain that one to me i mean i know what you're saying but yeah. i want to hear you say yeah you know, I would grab at anything and make it everything. I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, she would do things here and there to dangle a carrot in front of my face mm-hmm. to get me by to the next time she did it. Mm-hmm. It was never solved throughout. Right. That's her. Your phrasing was different this time. Yeah. You, you, you used to say to me months ago, yeah. uh, she's never done me dirty. She's never done me dirty. I'm like, Oh, I did myself dirty. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I don't think I trusted myself. You know, I don't think I trusted my ability to be strong enough to walk away. There. Tell me more about that one. Like two months into our relationship, I, I remember this day like it was yesterday. I was on my way to work and God kind of put it in my heart that um, I can be with this girl if I want to, but mm-hmm. she's going to break my heart. He's already showed me red flags of stuff that I should be able to walk away from. I just didn't want to at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of cursed God for that. I was like, you don't know, like, like this is so real. Like, come on. Like, there, there's no way that I could be wrong here. Right. But I knew, like, I knew in my deepest of soul that, like, it wasn't meant to be. I knew those red flags were there for a reason. And I knew I saw them for a reason. I just wasn't strong enough to to be okay by myself to walk away from her. Yeah. And you said it a little differently that time. Be okay, strong enough with myself to walk away from her. But then you just said it's strong enough to be okay with myself. Mm-hmm. To walk away, take mm-hmm. the to walk away from her part out for a second. I'm looking at you mm-hmm. and your whole life, right? Not just this relationship. Yeah. And there's something about that strength in yourself. What we're kind of hitting is not feeling strong enough in myself. And that's a theme for you that's huge. Yeah. I think I'm trying to figure out where my strength comes from first you know, of where my core, like, strength, that little pillar is. So Mm. I can kind of, like, build on that and and see where that goes. Mm. I think last week I was devastated and and didn't think I could could do anything on my own. I felt like if she's going to walk away from me like everybody else does, and I'm still here, Mm -hmm. you know, I I just felt that, like, there was no hope. There was no getting over this. You know, there is no end in sight. But now I have the strength to know that it's going to be okay. And so just that Mm. little milestone for me, is really big because like 
like I said, like the mornings are really tough. But then I revert back to like the night before. And it's like, I was cool last night. I think the strength in all of that and what I'm finding is that I'm doing this on my own. You know, I'm coming to these conclusions. Nobody's telling me to come to these conclusions. Right. And nobody's telling me that this is my reality. It's like, I'm telling myself what it is hmm. and being okay with that. Even if you don't like the reality? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, man. Yeah, because I don't like this reality. Right. You know, like, this is shit. This is horseshit. Yeah. But... <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it feels like crap. This isn't the way it was supposed to go, but it's the way it went. Right. And how do I find my strength and come through this? Mm-hmm. Right. And I hear you wanting to do that more and more and looking at, okay, well, what's my pillar? You know, where's that core? Mm-hmm. At some point, not now, because we're still in anger. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But at some point, we'll look back and see this as a period of growth for you and look back maybe on the relationship with some nostalgia mm-hmm. and some ability to smile about some things. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think I do. I don't think I regret the relationship. I regret not acting on my gut, but I don't regret the way I felt. And I don't regret any of the experiences we had. Hmm. I think I definitely got taken advantage of in a couple, if not most situations. I really lost my direction, like where I wanted to go. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think we, we hit on this once. It was shortly after... I think the Vegas trip because nobody knew that you were going out in Vegas. And there was something about, yeah, when I, when I leave this job, then we can be together. Yeah. And she wasn't like, oh yeah, that'd be great. Cause I can't wait to tell everybody. There wasn't that same feeling. Not even close. No, there was no feeling there. Right. And that's a red flag. It's a huge red flag. Absolutely. Which we will overlook yeah. when we're in something because it feels good and we're human. Right. Make sure that we're not, faulting ourselves too much you will a little bit and that'll be the vader voice in your head finding what you did wrong that's going to happen a little bit but if we go wait i'm human it felt good yeah i was in it i was getting some things that i liked yeah okay just having a little compassion for yourself which is hard to do right you do it so well for other people yeah i need to do it for myself now yeah and like even thinking about vegas now it's like i had such a bad time because i was so worried about what she was thinking, how she was feeling, and what I was doing wrong versus, like, if I was there as, like, single, like, what I wanted to do. Yeah. It was a completely different story. Dude, you took care of everything. Yeah. Because that's what you do. Right. And that was a role that you took, and you did it well. Yeah. So it felt good. Right. So how is Vegas? Oh, it was good because I put myself in this role and I did well with it. Yeah. Uh, did you have a good time? No. No. It was shit. Yeah. I was treated like shit. Mm-hmm. I was running around doing shit. I was in situations with people doing shit that I didn't like. Well, and I, I want to expand on that too, because I feel like that feeling goes across every time we went somewhere. I would sit and wonder, what should I be doing? What can I be doing better? Oh, Instead of just enjoying where I was at. Yeah. You know, and I've said it since day one of just slowing down and smelling the roses and, and enjoying where I'm at. And I don't think I ever had that ability while I was with her. I don't want that in a relationship, you know? And like, I think now it gives me the ability to kind of look back on it and realize who I am and Mm -hmm. and how I am in certain situations and be able to like grow in that aspect of my life. Like I I want to care about your feelings, but I don't want your feelings to be my feelings. I don't want my feelings to depend on how you feel. Yeah. 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 I want to have my own independent feelings and have that be okay. Mm -hmm. Even if they're not okay, Mm -hmm. it will be okay. And if you can't handle that, bye. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and I think the other hard part for me right now is like, I'm really bad at saying no, you know, I'm a yes man. And so I think, I think right now is she saying no. So worried about proving myself in that, that scenario that I'm not okay with saying no, you know? And like, like if she called me right now, and I've thought about this for like the last two days of like what my reaction, like honest reaction would be, you know, I wouldn't even answer at this point. Like, I don't, like, I, I don't want her in my life. There's nothing she can do. There's nothing she can say. There's no, I'm so sorry. There's no, give me another chance. You know, and like, if, if it does ever get to that point, of course I'm going to feel differently when it's actually happening. (laughs) But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I'm coming to my own terms of not, Mm. it's my choice now. There, that, that. Yeah. That's huge. And I think a reaction, Mm -hmm. sometimes we don't have control of. A response, we do. We can think about it. We can process it a little bit. We can figure it out. We can choose. I think if she called you now, like, oh, fuck, dude, she's calling me right now. Like, oh, pick it up. See what happens. Yeah. Like, oh, I just want to talk to you. I miss you so much. And I, Can you come over? I just want to talk about things. Dude, you, you, you'd you, go. Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Yeah. No question right now. Right. Right? Yeah. And that's a reaction to that. Right. There's no response built in because we can't. We just have the thought and we take an action. One thing to give yourself is a moment, Mm -hmm. just a moment, you know, so hard because we want to react. But if she called you right now and said, yeah, you want to come over? And I held up a big sign that said, give yourself a moment, Mm -hmm. you know, and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, let me just take a moment and think about that and I'll hit you back in a minute. Yeah. See you smiling as I say that. Why? Yeah. It's a twofold smile. First is because I know that would freak her out, you know, because I'm I'm straight. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. And then the second part of that is, again, that's my choice on on what my reaction is or my, my action to whatever that conversation yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and then I hold the own power for myself. I'm not mm-hmm. giving it to her. And I, I find strength in that, too. That's another thing like, I'm realizing, you know, we did what she wanted to do. And, like, it was fun. You know, I had a great time. Sure. But it, at no point was it like, I mean, I like going to museums. You know, I love I love museums. And we I haven't been to a museum in a year. You know, and, it, and stuff like that that I'm realizing where it's like, I like baseball games. I haven't been to a baseball game. You know? And, mm-hmm. and it's like all these little things where it's like, like, I basically sat in her room for the last year. Didn't do anything. We went to the beach, you know, we, we went out and got drunk a couple of times. And, and that was cool. But like, the times we did like friend party, we were both there. I didn't talk to her the entire time. And yeah, we went home together, but like we didn't enjoy it together. There's no event that we went out together and enjoyed together. It was always, we, we separated and came back together. I want somebody that I can experience life with, not hear how your life's going. I think you have an opportunity to really strengthen yourself. Yeah. I'm also finding guilt in this hmm. and knowing that I really distance myself from the people that really care about me to try and make this work with her. Like at the end of the day, I was fine without her before. I'm going to be fine without her after. And now I'm realizing that like, I'm not alone in any of this, you know, which is, yeah. that's what I've, that's the biggest thing I've learned this last week is right. how not alone I am. You, you said something a minute ago that I, I really like that idea of guilt. It helps provide the roadmap to your integrity. And what you were saying was, yeah, I feel guilty because I gave everything to the relationship and I let a bunch of friends go and wasn't paying enough attention to that. And you just ended with saying, I've got support. I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. Right. 
because you've got all that. Because who you really are, your integrity says, I like being connected to, you know, my support system and, and people around me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so this is again making sense from this. Mm-hmm. And the gift that God's given you with this is to go, oh right. I now have an opportunity to strengthen myself, my integrity, how I want to be, that core, that pillar. Yes, I'm going to plug into my friends. I'm going to connect with the people I want to connect with. And you will come out of this stronger. Yeah. Absolutely. All these thoughts are just going to come at you. All these feelings are going to come at you. Allow them to. This is part of that process. Yeah. We're not running from any of that. If we need to distract from some of it a little bit, that's fine because it's what helps us get through things. Yeah. But you're working on it. Yeah. You're actually processing it. One of the hardest things and mixed in with changing jobs, changing where I live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you got a lot going on. Yeah. You know, and I love that you kind of plug back into your faith right now. Like yeah. I need some grounding right now. I don't know where my pillar is or my core is, but I know I felt it there. Right. And I need to feel that again. I know I felt it with mom sometimes, so I'm gonna feel it there. Yeah. Find it with my boys. Okay. Let me plug in there. Great. Yeah. We're doing that. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think we're doing good. Yeah. It's been yeah. a long week, but it's... uh Hell glad, yeah. glad that week's over. Yeah, and this was supposed to be like a week of no work, no nothing. Like, <laughs> totally chill. Like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that changed real quick, huh? Right? And we're Welcome back. back. This is a good one. Look at Drew. He's processing, man. This is what I love that that it, it's about this. It's about going through it and one week to the next, you never know what's going to come up and, and where he's going to be, especially going through something like a breakup. And I think this is actually his second session this week, not for the podcast. We do one, one a week, but for him going through the, the breakup, he kind of reached out and was like, Hey, can I get another session? And we did like a quick phone check-in at one point too. So. Right. Okay. So that's important when you know that you need an extra, extra support. If you're going through something, it's always important, I think, to be able to acknowledge that and reach out and ask for more and ask for more support. Absolutely. I mean, it's something we talk about a little bit on here, like when to pull back, you know, when is it time to stop therapy? But sometimes it's, and you've mentioned this, when is it time to ramp up? You know, maybe you do, you know, want to go, Hey, can we, you know, do a second session this week? Or, you know, can we do a phone check-in or something like that? And Right. And if you, if it's support that works for you, then use it, use that support. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. He talked about, I was impressed going from a 10 to a four slash five. Right. That his anxiety is less. And, you know, he said it's hard waking up alone and, but that he has support from a lot of people and sounds like he's uh, working through it. I like the idea of support from a lot of people. So it's not just talking to his mom and dad or not right. just talking to one person. It's that's kind of how you build that self-reliance. And, you know, I've even said it to him, like, I'm just a therapist. You're the one using this. So it's it's your self-reliance. You know, even though you're reaching out for support, it's you reaching out. Right, right. right. It's interesting to see how he, <laughs> he really... Uh, I don't want to say did a 180, but at least verbally, he's like, this was just such an unhealthy relationship. And there was so many red flags. And (laughs) he said, I realized how much of this shit wasn't my fault. He said something like, 
I mean, part of it was, but like 90% of it was her fault. I was like, right. Sure. But sure. I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like it, I'm sure it could be. And you know, but at least he, yeah. it's like, he's taking a step back and looking at everything. And one of the first things he said was that he said, I was blinded by what it was rather than the thought of what it really was. No reverse. No, you got it right. I'm blinded by what it was, but I didn't see what it really was because what, right, okay. you know, the percentage thing was he was saying that he was treated like shit 90% of the time he was with her. But that 10% is what he chose to focus on. So he could ignore some red flags some caution flags and he could really lean into that 10%. Like, I think he said something about, you know, I would come home and, you know, she would you know, say something to me that just was like, oh, yeah, that's what I needed. So mm-hmm. however she treated me, you know, was horrible. But then she would, you know, I would come to bed and she would grab my hand or we'd be at a party or like the Vegas trip. She would like touch my back. Yeah. And, you know, he was looking at those things as like, ah, oh, everything's fine. This is great. And now he's realizing, wait, those were just little pieces. That was just 10% of the time. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. And I talk, I say to clients a lot, sometimes the, the 10% becomes a hundred percent, right? Hmm. Even if it's like, so let's say it's 90% great, for example, and 10% horrible. That 10% horrible can be so fucking bad that it is like a hundred percent. Right. And vice versa. Yeah, it feels like it. For right. Sure. That's what, you know, yeah. it feels like, oh, so 90% shitty, but that 10%, that 10% was so good. Or that's what I clung to that it became 90 to hundred percent of what I looked at. Because that's all right. That's all you would see that that's sort of like the, the glasses that you would put over your eyes. And that's how like the would, ones you have on right now. These blue blockers. The blue blockers. Right. I can see no blue. Yeah. He could see no red flag blockers. <laughs> right. He was wearing red flag blockers. Yep. There's also another thing to that that I like, which is the 10% can inform us. Oh, yeah. For yeah. him. Not in the case of your clients where the 10% was shitty, but if 10%, like that's what I liked and I really loved that. Great. Let's recognize that's how I want to be in a relationship. And right. he, he does say that, at, you know, in throughout, like last week, I think this week, maybe even next week, there's no spoiler here because it's something that he's repeating and he's saying like, right. this is how I want to be treated. This is the kind of person I want to be with. Now I'm realizing this, right? And who I was with wasn't. That's why, as you said, Meredith, I was blinded by what I, what I thought it was, not what it really was. Right. And I, you know, I wasn't quite sure. I think I could go out on a limb and figure it out. But at one point he said that he was trying to change her. And I think it's important for us to look at the difference or the fine line between trying to change somebody and trying to get our needs met. And I'm I'm, I'm working mm. right now specifically with that with a client. And, you know, her statement is like, well, am I asking for too much? Am I too needy? You know, am I wanting him to be someone he's not like, no, you know, you're, you're asking for your needs to be met. So if somebody's not a touchy feely person, for example, and you really, your quote unquote love language is physical touch, (laughs) right? Then, you know, maybe asking for your needs to be met does not mean you're trying to make them a touchy feely person, right? You're just letting them know that it's important to you to have some physical touch. Yeah. And, and one of the, the hazards of a relationship when we aren't getting our needs met is that we will 
we will sort of compromise our needs and we will shift and adjust and we will convince ourselves, well, I don't really need that. Eh, it's okay. I'm getting enough of it. I'm getting 10%. And then as time goes on, you realize, wait a second, now I've changed so much, you know, and I, I want them to change, but they've been the same the whole time. And it's like your friend would tell you, you know, if you go out dating, don't be yourself. <laughs> you <know? laughs> right? Thanks. Like, well, Thanks, Sash. <laughs> right. But that was, that was her advice for yeah. just you in particular. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody else out there, absolutely be yourself. Because totally. the more you can approach somebody from that place of who you are vulnerably, then, you know, there's no deceiving or, or meeting a different kind of person or needing anybody to change you're just like hey this is how i am and this is what i like this is what i need right right yeah and uh you also talked about which warmed the cockles of my heart radical acceptance ah yeah and yep. and you talked about the way you phrased it i loved we can't impose our will on reality and have it be different right so so true as much as we try yeah I mean, look, it, it, that'd be great if that could happen, but it, it doesn't work that way. And I think that that idea, and we, you and I have talked about it a bunch. We've talked about it on the podcast before, and it's, you can't change somebody. You, you just, you can't, and you can't change reality, certainly. You know, you can change your own perspective, and that's what usually happens. Right. And then, you know, at some point we go, wait, I didn't like that. This isn't how I want it to be. And you get mad at yourself or the other person when it's, it's just the perspective that shifted. And people do change. It's just that you can't necessarily change them. Right. Well, that, that's also, you know, you can encourage their change and support their change and vice versa. That's that definition of love. I paraphrased, I think last week uh -huh. of, you know, the dedication to yours and another's personal growth. So of course you can change, you can change, you can evolve. And it's about somebody's evolution and elevation and, and becoming the best person they can be. If they're stagnant, if they're not changing at all, sometimes that creates the distance in a relationship because somebody right. is not moving, right? Yeah. And you know what I would change about her? <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> her shoes have you seen her shoes oh Ugh, god my god Disgusting. no i haven't but i'm a shoe person so that might throw me over the edge really yes a guy's shoes are definitely one of the first things i look at i'm not gonna lie really like if you're wearing tivas with socks and you're not my dad you need to go away <laughs> like my dad can wear whatever he wants sure but uh no he mentioned how she had never gotten him a gift nothing Right. Not a birthday present, not a, not, like what right. in the mother F. Right. Like bake him some cookies for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some. Just horrible. Some. Made yeah. Me, I mean, made that's, me sad. that's, I think what he was looking for, you know, he was saying she didn't get me anything for my birthday, not for Christmas. He's looking for some gesture. And that's part of what he's coming around to realizing, wait a second. She wasn't giving me what I need and she isn't the kind of person I want to be with. Yeah. And he, he said a couple of times he feels stupid for getting played. I get what he's saying, but like, it happens. I don't it think happens. that was, I, I don't think that that was like, I don't know. When I think of getting played, I think of this like malintent and this like ongoing, I don't know, someone trying to pull the wool over your eyes on purpose and I just, it feels like she just was lacked awareness or maturity or 
Yeah, I, I don't awareness. think awareness. Any <laughs> awareness twice. Um, so nice. Yeah. We mentioned it twice. I, I think it it wasn't malintent at all. She wasn't deceiving him. She was just being how she is, and that was yeah. great for a while. And he overlooked some red flags, and then yeah realized, whoa, wait a second, this isn't okay with me. Like she was probably right. the same girl the whole time. Yeah. You know, that, that what was consistent in how we as listeners have heard their relationship. And I mean, we've only heard the parts he's brought into sessions that she likes to go out and have fun with the girls, you know, or girls and guys. She just liked to go party. Like, okay. And she's 24. She wants to go out and party. Go for it. That's not necessarily his scene, but at first she might have done that a little less. He might've been okay with it a little more. Yeah. And then as the dust settles, you realize, whoa, what am I doing with this party girl? This isn't who I want to be with. Yeah. You know, and that's where he also realized I lost my faith. Like I stopped going to church that that's a big part of my life and it hasn't been a part of it for a while now. Right. Yeah. He, he mentioned losing I think he said he sort of lost himself, who he was, where he came from. And then he mentioned his faith. Question I did have, however. Yeah, bring it. So who was he, his friend that mentioned he was talking to about this and, and he said, his friend said something like, I hope I'm not overstepping my boundaries in our relationship. I think it was other way around. I think he was saying, I hope I'm not overstepping the boundaries of our relationship to his friend. Oh, right. By talking about that. Yeah, by telling him, like, I'm having a hard time going through this breakup, you know, and... Is it because his friend was friends with her? No, it was because they they hadn't really... I think two things. One, maybe he hadn't really experienced something like that with this friend. This is a friend that he met through fashion. This is somebody that he hasn't grown up with. He hasn't known that long or that deeply. Okay. So it's just somebody he's starting to be friends with, and he hasn't really been that vulnerable in that way with the friend. Got it. You know, it was almost like he's looking for permission to be vulnerable and open up and have that conversation. Aww. And it's, it's, it's the one who I think, you know, when he was playing uh, video games and he, you know, his friend was behind him going, you got this, you got this. It was, oh, right. It Aww. was like realizing like, oh, this, this might be one of my people. And he was just, you know, trying to test the waters and see, and maybe it's also Drew kind of going, wait, I'm not sure this is safe to open up to somebody. Let me, let me check. Poor guy, man. You can talk to your friends about breaking up with your girlfriend. I mean, I hope you can, you know? Well, and that's, that's what he found out is the friend was like, absolutely. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. And anything you need, I got you. That's remember his programming is everybody leaves which isn't accurate, but that's his experience, that they all go away. And he's holding on to, it's my fault that they go away. Right. Again, last week, this week, maybe even next week, he's looking at, was there something I could have done differently or I should have done differently? Did I open up too much too soon with her? Was it my fault? Right. Right? Yeah. That I pushed yeah. her away, that I caused her to leave. And that's, that's part of his experience and his frame of reference for things. And I, he actually said at some point that he didn't trust himself to be strong enough to walk away. And right. he said, which I made me laugh the way he phrased it, but it was very poignant <laughs> um, that she's never done me dirty. I did myself dirty. Right. And I was like, yep. look at that. Very insightful. Very insightful. Also, as we as we say that, and I, I don't know how well I did it in the session, I'll have to 
listen a little more closely, but that idea of doing himself dirty, we have to have compassion for that. Because that idea that, you know, I did something wrong, I let myself down, we have a tendency to get really hard on ourselves and really beat ourselves up. And I think having that compassion for ourselves and knowing like, I was, I was guarding something, I was protecting something, I was trying to do what I've learned before was right, and I didn't know much. So yeah, we're human, it's going to happen. You know, I did myself dirty. And now I'm recognizing it, I'm working on it, I'm cleaning myself off. I'm, I'm taking a nice shower, which I don't do daily anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, TMI? and one of the things, never, sometimes, that he said was uh, he has no regrets except for not acting on his gut. And, you know, we talk about, I'm sure I've mentioned it before in DBT, the gut, your instinct, that's called your wise mind. And really being able to connect to that and listen to that and follow that you know, I loved how he said that that was his only regret right. was not listening to his gut, to his instincts. Yeah. And he even, I mean, in retrospect says, yeah, I, I knew these were red flags. Oh yeah. You know, and, and I knew them and I didn't trust my gut. Yeah. We're human. You know, even that, that, like we were saying that 10%, sometimes that feels good. So I'm human and I want to feel good. Okay. And if we get that, yeah, we're going to overlook some red flags. That's, that's okay. We can do that. You know, we're going to do that. Yeah. And it occurred to me when he said he felt some guilt about distancing himself from from friends and some people to make his relationship work. And I'm like, that is a goddamn huge red flag, my friend. I've been through it too. But for a healthy relationship, that is never a thing. I mean, it's a maybe a honeymoon phase where I'm like all cooped up with my person, but specifically distancing yourself from people to make your relationship work from your people, you know, being red flag. Yeah. At one point though, he said, it made me laugh so hard. You said something about reality and he said, this reality is total horse shit. I was like, yeah. <laughs> right. Sometimes it yep. is buddy. Absolutely. And that's, that's, yeah, that, that was part of the radical acceptance. I think saying like, you know, we can't change the reality, but we don't have to like it. Right. And he was like, yeah, I don't like it. It's, it's horse shit. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, it's kind of going, yeah, it is. And we're going to be okay with letting the horse shit in. I mean, horse shit stinks and, and you're not going to keep it around you very long, but we're at least going to recognize it's there. We're not going to go get high or run from it or go out and, and hook up with another girl and wind up in another relationship right. real quick. You right. know? So he's, he's processing. And I thought it was so cute. He said, um, I want to be with someone that I can experience life with, not hear about their experience later when they get back. Right. I was like, right. Amen. He really wants to share. Yeah. He wants to share in the journey. Totally. Yeah. Not be like, oh, my girls and I went out and fucking did a bunch of Adderall and no offense, girlfriend, trying not to judge. <laughs> no. And, and look, you know, she might go out, have a great time and she might be hurting. Who knows? We don't get to know right. what she's going through right now. And it's, it's something that, you know, she's got her own journey and her own chapter to, to write and to walk and, and she will hopefully. And I'm excited to see where Drew's journey takes him. Does he start a new job? Does he, or am I going to hear about a new girl? Is he going to date? Is he going back to Canada or Seattle? Inquiring minds want to know. 
I want to know. Stick around. We'll catch you for another episode next week. Yeah, we sure will. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.